Hi there, we really hope you enjoy this teaching from The Message. To find out more about all the exciting things we're doing and how you can get involved, check out our website, message.org.uk. Ephesians chapter 5, in a moment. But uh, let me just pray for us and uh, join with me, if you're logging on, just a little moment of stilling ourselves and asking the Lord to speak to us this morning. Jesus, I pray you'll be very present. We're in lots of different homes all over the place, all over the world, and yet you're very present. Your spirit is all over the world moving. Well, we pray you'll move in us and through us on the back of this time together. Thank you, Jesus, that we get to do this. Bless this time. Let it be extra special for everybody watching. Just a word from you. Please, Lord, that's what I want, and that's what we ask for. Amen. Everybody said amen. Uh, all right. Uh, anybody see that uh, funny uh, FIFA 20 championship? You may not be into FIFA, you know, the, the computer game, uh, football computer game, which the graphics are absolutely insane now. I mean, I remember when you used to go in a pub and you used to pay for like a table tennis thing that went boop, 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 boop. And you're like astonishing. You realise that? Little ball bounces off the wall at the right angle and it was all incredible back then. Now, FIFA's just mad, the graphics. But anyway, they took the top 20 players, one player from each premiership football team, and they put them in a tournament. And it was live on Sky TV. And the guy who won was actually called Diego Jota. He played Trent Alexander-Arnold in the final and the Liverpool player lost. What a disastrous season for Liverpool fans, let's be honest. And uh, anyway... It made me think that perhaps, <clears throat> I don't know whether you feel like that, but this season, season of lockdown is a little bit like that. We're, we're doing stuff online, but it's not the real thing. It's not pressing the flesh. It's not hugging my brothers and sisters. It's not gathering for worship, proclaiming the gospel and seeing the whites of people's eyes. It's not gathering large numbers of people. You know, we're sort of doing a, a, a slightly second rate version of the real thing. Well, don't think like that. I would say this is a crucial time for us, crucial time for the message and for all of us uh, involved in it as we we have this season that we may never get again for the rest of our lives. A season of stepping back, a season of slowing down a little bit and having the opportunity to, well, the three words actually that brought, I was at this um, once a week, I log in with a bunch of leaders, try to anyway, who lead large churches and ministries in Manchester. And we prayed together and shared how we're all doing. And the three words that came over on Friday that certainly spoke to me as we gathered were the first word that this season is like a classroom. We've been uh, the teachers up front telling everybody what to do, rebuking people and, you know, trying to organise things. But actually, it's time to go back to school, to come back and learn some things afresh. Uh, go to the classroom and allow the Lord to speak to us. The second word that came across strongly was greenhouse. It's a greenhouse where new things are being cultivated, new things are being birthed if you like within the greenhouse in this season and perhaps it's going to take a little bit longer for them to be fully ready to be planted out in the world of mission that we are to engage in again soon it's a greenhouse and the third word that came across it was pressure cooker and i'm guessing that some of us will relate to that sense of pressure there are extra pressures 
in this season. If you want something to worry about, there's plenty to worry about. If you want to worry about your finances, your health, you want to worry about what's our business support is going to look like on the other side of this or what's the church going to look like or are we going to have everything we need? There's stuff in this pressure cooker environment of lockdown, but we're not a people that are meant to give in to fear. And I felt that we're people, actually, didn't you like what Sarah said yesterday about we're not built on Mary Clay, we're not built, we're built on a rock. We placed our feet upon a rock, on the solid rock, this Jesus who's immovable and it's going to be all right. I firmly believe this is a see I'm doing a new thing season if we'll just perceive it, if you like. To be honest, I felt that pressure cooker thing in this last week, perhaps, perhaps more than, for certainly for ages, just the, the sense of, wow, this is pressure. And, you know, I've gone on about it a bit, but you won't mind that I, I do again that, you know, my friend Dave died a couple of weeks ago, and which is tragic. You know, youngish guy, with lifelong friend, but it, it wasn't just that he died, it was the way he died. Like, you know, we prayed really hard, not just me, but globally. We prayed, God, not now and not yet. And yet the Lord saw fit to take this brother to Turin, uh, just a bit like, come on, God, what's that all about? And yet I had this beautiful moment mowing the lawn, actually, uh, which I've done a lot of. My garden's looking very good, probably like yours. Mowing the lawn, I, I, I had this lovely moment listening to Francis Chan on my headphones and actually, where else am I supposed to go? What else have I got apart from you, Jesus? I don't like this situation. I don't like that situation, but I love you, Jesus, and you're amazing and you're worth it and you're all I've got. Turning to the word and at times like that is the thing to do. And that's why this, these mornings are so important as we press into the Bible together. You know, my mum was having a bit of a rough time this week as well. Uh, she's 87, she's amazing, but she's isolated, living on her own. And she was having a, a rough time with her shoulder, you know, some shoulder stuff. And, and I went around to see her actually last Tuesday, just after the talk I did. And I said, oh, mama, you're all right, mum. So I'm sorry you're not feeling so good today. And uh, I said, look, Eddie Lau did an epic talk yesterday at our prayer day. Listen to that. And I've just done a little talk from Ephesians 4 and maybe listen to that. And, and a couple of hours later, I got this text back from my mum that I love. Um, oh, oh no. <laughs> there you go. Sorry. Yeah. What a wonderful message from Eddie. Together with that and my son's encouragement on Ephesians 4, I'm ready to praise God and thank God for all my blessings, those things I can do, instead of moaning about what I can't do with my wonky shoulder. Also, I'm listening to Strength Will Rise as we wait upon the Lord and it built me up. And I love that. It's a picture of somebody going to the Word, you know, uh, at a time when they're feeling a bit down and feeling the pressure cooker thing and God lifting their spirits and God refocusing them. That's exactly what I want to do as we look into Ephesians chapter five this morning. So I'm gonna read actually lengthy, well, 21 verses. The first 21 verses of Ephesians chapter five. Listen to this, marvelous words. Remember, first three chapters of, of Ephesians are made worthy. Jesus has done everything necessary for us to be saved. The next three chapters are live worthy, in light of it, live worthy. And this is what Paul says anyway to the Ephesians and to us. 
In Christ, God forgave you. Follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children. And don't walk in, uh, sorry, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us as a, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Among you, there must not even be a hint of sexual immorality or any kind of impurity or of greed, because these are improper for God's holy people. Nor should there be obscenity, foolish talk or coarse joking, which are out of place, but rather thanksgiving. For of this you can be sure no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and of God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Therefore, do not be partners with them. For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light. For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness and truth. And find out what pleases the Lord. Have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It's shameful to even mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. And everything that and everything that's illuminated becomes a light. This is why it said, wake up, sleep, arise from the dead and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then yet how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Don't get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. In fact, we'll stop there. Um, <clears throat> at the centre of this passage is a verse that should be our key lockdown verse i believe verse 10 find out what pleases the lord this is our time to perceive what pleases the lord if you're willing to retreat a bit seek the lord pray get in his word surround yourself even though maybe it has to be through zoom or facebook live with good people who will speak into your life there's the opportunity to find out what pleases the Lord. Not just his, his general will, his eternal will in the word. Yes, we'll find out that. But his particular will for you, his personal will for you. God can speak to you today. Jesus is described in verse 1 of chapter 5 as a, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. Wouldn't it be beautiful? If that could be a description of us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God as we find out what pleases the Lord. Well, from this passage, okay, four quick things, four hallmarks, if you like, of the person who's found out what it means to please, please the Lord, who's discovered it and lives it. The first thing is they live lives in light of the judgment to come. Listen to these verses. These are heavy verses, but the verses that are in the word of God and verses that we, we can't ignore. Paul says, no immoral, impure or greedy person, such a person as an idolater, has any inheritance of the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of such things, God's wrath comes on those who are disobedient. Ew. I mean, we, we don't hear much about judgment, very little in our churches, but the Bible has a lot to say about judgment. It sounds harsh in our me-centered culture when often we want God to be a, a little puppet who plays to our tune. But actually God, our God, is white hot and holy and a righteous judge. Some ways, that's a comfort. How can that be? Well, my friend Pete Gregg, uh, I heard him say 
recently that somebody in his church was dealing with some truly hideous situations, you know, child abuse and, and domestic violence and just gross things that were going on. And Pete said to this woman, how do you cope with it? How do you, how do you work that out with your faith, all these terrible things that are happening? And this woman said to Pete, I have to leave it with God. I have to believe that God is a righteous judge and he will judge sin. And there is a comfort in that, that ultimately the terrible things that happen around the world, God is a righteous judge and he will deal with it fairly. People need to know there's no place in the kingdom of God for immoral, impure people who delight in sin and refuse to repent. It's not a message you hear very often. It's a message the world needs to hear. Of course, that's not for us because we have repented. But whatever you do, don't just speed read these kind of verses. If conviction comes and you're walking in that way and you haven't repented, repent right now. It's that important. A hallmark of someone who founds out what pleases to the Lord is that they live in light of the judgment to come. They're aware of it. They're not breathing hellfire and damnation all the time but there's a sense is I don't want anybody to face the judgment of God I rejoice that I'm not going to I deserve that but I'm not going to. I don't want the whole world to be set free from that through Christ the second hallmark of someone who knows what it is has found out what it is to please the Lord is that they will the Bible says live as children of light verse 8 you were once darkness but now you're light in the Lord See, the Bible doesn't say you were once living in the dark. It says you were once darkness. You were thoroughly dark. The sweetest, cutest, loveliest person you know without Christ, according to the Bible, is black with sin. They're separate from God. They're darkness. But when Christ comes into your life, you become light. And as light, because Jesus didn't just say, I'm the light of the world. He said to his followers, me and you, you're the light of the world. We're meant to brighten up the place. That's why uh, Eden is so precious. And that's why when the latest statistics come out about crime and unemployment and education and health and wealth and all these you know, indices of deprivation, that's why we're addicted to them. That's why we're looking to see the places where we're ministering, where our teams are praying and serving and loving and sharing the good news. We expect those places to become brighter. We're meant to shine bright. We're the light of the world. You know, sometimes we evangelists, I think, dance on the edge of darkness a little bit too much. Let's show the world, you know, how right on we can be. And it is wrong. Wake up, says Paul. He even says, rise from the dead. We need to wake up and we need to wake up to what's happening in our nation right now. Because in our nation and in the nations, because I know people are logging on from around the world, in the nations, the light is becoming lighter. We've got this guy, Captain Tom, who's our great national hero, this hundred-year-old boy who's what? Um, hundred times around his garden raising money for the NHS. He's number one in the charts. He's he's like he's done his own comic relief basically. He's raised thirty million quid, I think it is now. Amazing old boy. We rejoice in that. We celebrate in all the volunteering and the community spirit and the kindness. We especially celebrate that. I read two amazing things yesterday. Firstly, you version, the biggest Bible app in the world, hundreds of millions of people, and we've just had some advanced material put on there, which is very cool. 
but they have, have seen a 52% increase in Bible engagement under lockdown. And I, even more amazingly, I heard that uh, Facebook has seen a 1,000% increase. This is what Deborah Green shared yesterday. A 1,000% in people seeking for prayer and information around prayer under lockdown. God's doing something. The light's becoming lighter. This is our moment. But also the dark's becoming darker. Pornography and domestic violence. I heard a horrible thing on the radio yesterday. There's this little twisted site called Ashley Madison that is the affair site. If you're in a marriage and you want an affair, go to Ashley Madison. And even under lockdown, you know, their traffic is multiplying vastly. People teeing up affairs for, for this period. And it's horrible. The light's becoming lighter, the dark becoming darker. And in that environment, we need to shine brighter than ever. The third and hallmark of people who found out what pleases the Lord is they will live as wise and not foolish. Verse 15, be very careful how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. And so many seemingly brilliant minds who deny God are just foolish. You know, you can make the Bible say what you want, can't you? You can make the Bible say there is no God if you want to take half a verse. But the full verse says, the fool says in his heart, there is no God. But that's not us. Simple little us who pray, seek his face, study his word and place ourselves in good Christian community in his name. We display the very wisdom of God. We'll learn things from God. We'll discover things. We'll mine the word and we'll become those people who expanded, whose worlds are bigger and we're able to do amazing things because God has spoken to us. I want to be that kind of person living in wisdom, not foolishness. And then finally, the final thing is we'll live in the fullness of the spirit. Here we go. Famous verse. Do not, verse 18, do not get drunk with wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And there in one verse are two commands with equal authority. Don't get drunk. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. If me or any other of the leadership team at the message was repeatedly turning up at work drunk, we were rolling into the office reeking of alcohol and slurring our words and vomiting into the bin. And we were, It wouldn't be long, would it, before we were sacked? And that would be right. But if we roll into work and we're not filled with the Spirit, nobody notices. And the command is not be filled with the Spirit once back in 1986, I had my power encounter, my shabba-dabba-doo moment, and now I can remember that amazing time of being filled with the Spirit. No, the command is be being filled with the Spirit. The question is, 20 past nine on a Tuesday morning, am I being filled with the Spirit? Am I a man walking in the fullness? It's the greatest life ever. It's the life of a man who's lived with the right sense of fear and trembling around judgment. It's the man who's de or woman who's determined to live as a child of the light, shine bright for Jesus. It's the life of the person who said, I'm not going to be foolish. I'm not going to go along with the foolish ways of the world. I'm going to dig into the word and pray and seek my saviour. And I'm going to live as wise. And God's going to speak to me and reveal things. It's the life of the fullness of the spirit, the life I long for 
The life we can receive, the life we're commanded to walk in, it's there for us. And Jesus said, if we ask for this good thing, the fullness of the Spirit, as if he's going to give us anything else. So maybe we can do that. And I'll just a moment's quiet. Maybe as we have done before, just even put your arms out, just like receiving a gift, the fresh filling, fresh wisdom, fresh understanding. So we can shine bright in a dirty world. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Come, Lord. Come, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh, I pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to check out message.org.uk to find out how you can support our work or even get involved with one of our teams. We also have another podcast called The Flow Podcast, where we share stories and testimonies of the amazing things that God's doing in people's lives. Search for The Flow Podcast on iTunes or Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. There's a brand new episode there right now.